Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How are you? How are you this day? I pray that you're doing well. And I know many of you are struggling because you are, especially if you have little ones at home, you're trying to figure out what to do about the public schools, even many of the Catholic schools, how to homeschool your children. And, um, you know, um, uh, as Our Lady told Lucia, that the final battle will be Uh, uh, for marriage in the family. And so that is why the family is being so destroyed. It is the target. If you destroy the family, you destroy the church. If you destroy the family, there's no vocations. There's no vocations, there's no priesthood. If there's no priesthood, there's no church. And that has been the enemy's plan from the Garden of Eden, (laughs) the Garden of Eden on to destroy the people of God. Um, and he's tried in every way, and he's, um, I think, got all his guns out now in full force, um, 24-7. And someone once wrote that um, the demons always do the work of their father, and of course their father is the father of lies, the devil. And so we need to fight, and the scriptures tell us that the battle is the Lord's, it's not ours. What can we do? What we can do, beloved, is to live our vocation, to live our faith. And I was really struck yesterday by one wife and mother who who emailed in, and uh, she said her husband was not on the same faith journey as she, and I don't know what she means by faith journey. I don't know if they're Catholic or she is and he's not. I don't know what that means, but at least they're not together uh, in their faith. And um, uh, she uh, told her husband that she wants to live her vocation and uh, take their children out of public school and and homeschool them. Now, I don't know if they were in public school or Catholic school, but, but live her vocation and homeschool her children, and her husband is not supportive of it. And I think it also meant quitting her job. And that's not the way to do it, beloved. It's not the way to do it. It is to return the family to God's design. It was always the family that schooled their children. The whole Old Testament, you don't see schools and university and people sending their children to school. They didn't do it. God gave children to to parents as a stewardship to raise them for the kingdom, not to turn them over to the secular world, the unbelieving world, um, the materialistic world, and even Catholic schools, where they used to be Catholic, but very few are truly Catholic anymore. They have teachers in there that are not Catholic, that don't know their faith, that don't love their faith. They have sex ed in the Catholic schools. It does not belong there. Um, they Some of them are, are picking up on gender ideology, which is utterly tragic. Um, 
you need to protect your children and raise them for the kingdom. That's your vocation. So what I wanted to point out about that, beloved, is that the family is first. The family is first. And if you put your children before your husband, it will not work. If you want to do your own thing, your husband will be against you. Um, Rightly or wrongly, he'll be against you. Because, um, again, if a wife goes to her husband and says, I want to live my vocation, quit the job and homeschool the children, why is she married? What is her vocation? Her vocation is first to be a wife, then to be a mother. And she, if she makes those decisions, if she gives her husband an idea that her vocation is separate from him, her vocation is to be a a mother to her children and raise them right, and he's kind of a sideline, it's never going to work. And why would the husband be in favor of that? The wife's job is, number one, to get her vocation is to get her husband to heaven. Number one, the husband's vocation is to get his wife to heaven. That's it. And then together, they can raise their children for heaven, for the kingdom. But a wife should not go her own way and tell her husband what she wants to do. If she wants to do that, especially if he's not strong in his faith, then she needs to pray and love him into the kingdom and make him first in all her decisions so that together he knows that he's not second-hand or um, uh, superfluous or anything like that. Uh, the wife must, a wife must respect her husband, not because he has necessarily earned her respect, but because God has given him to her as her head, and she must respect who he is in Christ. She must. Now, you probably have a million questions about that, and you certainly can call in after the first break and ask how to handle different situations. Uh, and I'm not always going to know. I'm not always going to have the, the answers or the right answers. But you have to first at least understand that you made a vow in marriage till death do you part to cherish one another, to love one another. And um, your husband is never second to your children. If he is, then your children will never learn love. They learn love by seeing love. If you don't love your spouse, if you don't respect your spouse, if you go your own way, if you speak a negative word about him to your children, you are failing in your vocation and you are failing the children because they will learn what they see and they're not going to be happy homeschooling if they know it's been a battle between you and their dad. There's no way. They're not even going to grow to love the faith. They need to see love at home, and they need to see support, and then they will have a loving home in which to be schooled. So, um, I just, nothing comes before your vocation, beloved. Same with me. If I put anything before my vocation, then I am failing God. I am failing God. Um, And failing my family or my community, whatever it may be. So um, I'm going to go now and pick up where we were in Frank Sheed's book of Society and Sanity. And the reason that I want to do this, even though it's a little confusing just coming in at where we left off the day before, but, but the focus of the book is society and sanity. Sanity is seeing what is. 
seeing the truth. And right now, our society is fairly insane because it does not see the truth. It does not see the truth about God. It does not see the truth about who it is in relation to God. It is not sane. All you need to do is listen to one uh, presidential debate, and you will hear insanity. You will hear insanity. All these plans for America, all these plans for the population, and they have nothing to do with the population because they don't know what man is. And that is what uh, socialism and all those isms, they don't know what the human being is. And that's why Frank Sheed wrote this book, that we can answer the question, what is man? What is man? So if your children come and say to you, Mom, um, uh, what are we? What are we? What are we? Um and you say, well, you're human beings. Well, what is that? Well, you're a man. You're a woman. But what is that? What is a man? What is a person? A person is a living being with two arms and reason and thoughts and legs and everything that God created. But what is he? What am I? Why am I here? For what purpose? Because all the programs that the government's plan has nothing to do with raising uh, us up to God. And has has nothing to do with the purpose for which God made us. So how will we ever be happy? How will we ever fulfill our purpose on earth? How will we ever have a reason to live in our heart? So that that matters above all our sorrows, all our tragedies, all our circumstances. If we have in our heart the very reason for our existence, nothing could kill that. Nothing could destroy it. Nothing could take it from us. Nothing and no one. That's what we need, beloved. So I'm going to continue because Frank Sheet is going to tell us exactly what we are and why we are. And he said, uh, as we pick up from where we were yesterday, which is a little difficult, I know, but I'm, I'm going to go on because if I keep rereading every day, we'll never get through the book. So, And I don't know that we'll get through the whole book. We'll, we'll continue for now. Frank Sheet says... <clears throat> I have said that men range themselves behind the one answer or the other, but not in equal proportions. Um, I think, now what's the one answer or the other? That's that's what we have to go back to see. Um, oh dear, 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 dear. One an- well, it, this section began by saying it is equally part of the evidence that man is not the cause even of himself, much less of the universe. Man did not make himself, and man did not make the universe in which he finds himself. And so it's a great simplification at the moment, uh, leading to enormous complications later to ignore these vast and obvious facts and start with man and the universe as we find them. You see, we started with God that way. In the beginning, God created, that just assumes God in the beginning. Well, who made God? Where did God come from? And we're going to learn that no one made him, that he is God, but we didn't exist. So where do we come from? And there's different answers proposed, and that's why Frank Sheet says, 
Um, I've said that men range themselves behind one answer or the other, but not in equal proportions. I think it is fair to say that in some form or other, the theistic answer is the one that human reasoning, using the term to mean the actual thinking of the race, has given. And reason, using the term now to mean the mind working by the strictest logic, gives the same answer. A brief survey of man's practically universal reaction will show how reasonable human reason has been in this matter. Looking at the universe, man has been conscious of a vast framework of order. There have been large areas that he did not understand and elements which he could not um, which he could not see how to fit into the general framework. But these were problems inviting further investigation. Hold on now. Whereas the framework was a fact that simply imposed itself, so that it required no hard labor to invest, of investigation to establish it. That there is an order and a magnificent order man has always seen. Okay, the Big Bang Theory did not see that. Things just, everything blew up and fell into perfect order. Uh, watch isn't made that way and neither is the universe. <clears throat> Frank Sheet says, now the human mind revolts at a chance at an explanation of even a very simple instance of order. For example, if a man were to see, oh, we read this yesterday. Oh, dear. Well, I'm going to continue. So sorry. You know what I did? I didn't put my my little marker where I ended yesterday. I'm so sorry. Well, let me continue now or we'll be really confused. Um, he said, if a man were to see four sticks of equal length lying on the ground at right angles, one to another, let's say a perfect square... It would be quite useless to tell him that the wind had blown them there. When Robinson Crusoe saw the sand shaped into a human footprint, he knew that a man had walked there. He did not simply think this a more probable explanation than that the sand, sand had chanced to blow that way. He knew it. Faced with the immeasurably complex order of the universe, man has regarded it as obvious that it must have been produced by a mind and a will. Indeed, since there is an order in the universe that staggers the mind of man, the obvious explanation would seem to be that it has been caused by a mind immeasurably greater than the mind of a man, a mind of which man's is an image but the bare image and no more. Anyone who says that an order so massive and multifarious has come about by sheer chance ought surely to feel that the onus of proof for a statement so incredible is on him. But in this matter, as in the matter of the spiritual element in man, 
the materialist has performed an extraordinary sleight-of-hand trick, and the theist has too often let him get away with it. The materialist, beamingly explaining that this vast interlocking order merely happened that way, has managed to pose as the plain, blunt man coming away with the knife of his common sense, all this nonsense about order being produced by a mind. I'm going to read that sentence again. It's the materialist beamingly explaining that this vast interlocking order merely happened that way, has managed to pose as the plain, blunt man, cutting away with the knife of his common sense all this nonsense about order being produced by a mind. When the materialist gets down to a real effort to explain how chance might produce order, he reaches the ultimate in fantasy and yet never loses his air of patient reasonableness. One remembers Huxley's illustration of the monkey. Do you remember this from yesterday? Remembers Huxley's illustration of the monkey with the typewriter. A monkey tapping away through endless ages on a typewriter would ultimately have produced every combination of letters, including that combination of letters, which we call Hamlet. Similarly, those atoms of which the universe is composed merely bashing about in limitless space will ultimately arrange themselves in every possible combination, including that combination which we call our universe. Now, if that sounds insane to you, it's because it is insane. And that's why he's writing a book trying to tell us what sanity is. Okay, now, where... Here it is. Huxley, as it happens, was not the inventor of this pleasant conceit. The Greeks knew it without the typewriter, of course, in the 5th century before Christ and prided themselves on having seen through it. The Romans applied it to the poems of Aeneas and thought it frightfully funny, which, of course, it is as between the man who, reading Hamlet, assumes it is written by someone and the man who thinks it may be just one of the arrangements of words produced by a monkey with all eternity on his hands, there can hardly be any question which is the plain man and which is the fantasist. I hope that's where we stopped yesterday. That's where we stopped, beloved. And it's it's comical, but it, it... it's the answer to our utter chaos and godlessness. Frank Sheet writes, Once we come to see whether along some such line as the one just sketched or by the deeper thrusting reasonings of the philosophers that God exists, it is hard to escape the notion of God as having a will for mankind and giving man some indication of what it is. From this to the notion that God would tell man what ways of action were good for him and what had a single step 
and I'm sorry, what ways of action were good for him and what bad is. Oh, I messed that up yesterday, too. Um, hold on, I'm so sorry. Um, from this to the notion that God would tell man what ways of action were good for him and what bad is a single step. What ways were good for him and what bad is a single step. Taking that step, we arrive at the moral law. What is the moral law, beloved? I don't know what Frank Shee's going to begin to say, but it's the law of God that he wrote on our heart before he ever wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to Moses. It is the law of God written on our heart, and everyone created in this world has that. Frank Sheed goes on to say, at the beginning of this section, I said that reason establishes the major part of the Christian view of man and confirms all of it. The remainder of this book will be largely concerned with that greater matter of the confirmation of the Christian view of man by reflection upon human experience. It is the literal truth that no one who has really mastered what Christ has to teach about the nature of man, nothing that happens gives any reason for doubt. That view of man is wide enough to take in all human experience. Oh, beloved, it's one of the reasons why I say so often nothing touches us that God doesn't allow. Nothing, because God's purpose and design of man and his will for man and his action in and through man and in the universe takes in every single human experience. Nothing touches us, not even the demons, without God's will. Absolutely. Even demonic attacks, God has sent them for our sanctification. Nothing touches us apart from God's will. We don't always know why. We don't always know the purpose. We don't know if he's caused it or allowed it. It doesn't matter. If God allows it, he sent it to us. Everything is from God, beloved. Everything. And it's for, it, it's his purpose always to um, bring us to holiness, to bring us to heaven. And when we try any other means of curing it, then we wind up in um, a pit that God did not intend, and yet he still allows it because we've chosen that. Okay. Let's see now. We'll go on. We have about two minutes. Let's start the next section. We are now in a position to look again at the rights, R-I-G-H-T-S, the rights of man. We know now that he has rights, real rights, not merely concessions, for they are rooted not in society's notion of the best way to treat its members, but in the nature God gave him. Oh, I wish you had that confidence, beloved. God has made you for himself. God has willed that you be with him forever in heaven, that you be holy, that you be a saint. God has willed all of that, all of that, and um, everything, your rights, uh, are rooted in God's will for you. Uh, 
who made you a particular kind of being. He wants him, man, to be treated accordingly by others and himself. Men, says America's Declaration of Independence, are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And we begin to see what their rights are. They are endowed with those rights, beloved. And when we turn from God, we turn from those rights. And we take in, we begin to take in everything that is degraded and debauched and a lie. The devil is the father of lies. And we believe that. Frank Sheed says, we have seen that first, we have seen that the first of the rights of man is to be treated as what he is. And by now we know what he is. He has the right to act as what he is, to move toward the goal for which he has been made. The order of reality is affronted if any one of these rights is denied. We will begin with that paragraph tomorrow. That's so important, beloved. Um, So many people um, have grown up in an abusive home, dysfunctional home. Uh, They're treated as objects, as animals. It's tremendously, tremendously tragic. So the, the object now of your life is to get to know God who made you for himself so you can know who you are and what you are and stop depending upon what others think of you to have that confidence in yourself as God's creation of love. There's the music for our break, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free, one 511 5483 We'll be right back. At iCatholic Radio, we're blessed to bring you the good news of Jesus Christ through the latest of technology. But don't rely on just one of your mobile devices for listening to iCatholic Radio. Download our free app to all your Android and Apple mobile devices, ensuring you'll never miss a show. That's iCatholic Radio. Great Catholic programming available for download through the Google Play and iTunes Store. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This is Father Jacek Mazur. Please join me in a prayer honoring St. Thomas Beckett. 
O God, for the sake of whose church the glorious Bishop Thomas fell by the sword of ungodly men, grant that all who implore his aid may obtain the good fruit of his petition through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. I always tell you that this is my favorite half of the program, to be speaking with you with any questions you have, emails or text. Um, feel free to call in. You can always call in anonymously or write in anonymously if you wish. It's it's the, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So call in or text toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a call from Tom in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Hello, Tom. Hello, Mother. I came into your show late today. What's What's the name of the book you're reading? It's Society and Sanity. I'll show it to you. Um, Society and Sanity by Frank Sheed, published by Sheed and Ward, uh, written in 1953. Are you familiar, Tom, with Frank Sheed? Um, no, I'm not. Yeah, well, but that's fine. A lot of people aren't. He's 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 just one of the greatest apologists of um, of the last century. Really uh, tremendous. So. Um, anything he's written, you, I would recommend anything at all. Um, but so it I don't like know. I don't think it should Christmas. be out of print. It's probably reprinted. Uh, I will find a copy. Okay. Thank you so uh, much, Mother. You're welcome, Tom. God bless you. Okay. Let me see. Now we have an email from Teresa, and Teresa writes, "Dear Mother Miriam, I have been listening via podcast to your programs." Um, about the importance of homeschooling. I homeschooled my children for 11 years and then stopped when we moved overseas. We're a military family. I resumed homeschooling my younger children when we returned to the States four years later. Now, Teresa doesn't give an answer of why she stopped homeschooling her children when they moved overseas. I would almost think that's the most important time to homeschool them. I I don't know the situation, and I don't think Teresa says here. She says, I resumed homeschooling my younger children when we returned to the States four years later. After three more years of homeschooling my younger children, we again were assigned overseas. I put my children back into our military-based schools. And now my 13-year-old daughter has changed into a different person, probably due to negative influences at schools. I tell you, Teresa, you haven't put a reason why you stop homeschooling or put your children into military school. To me, when you go overseas, 
that would be the most important time to keep them at home with you and and school them. Uh, this is this is kind of well, it, it's a puzzle to me. And uh, Teresa goes on to say. Um, her grades are excellent, but she has openly rejected our Catholic faith and is hostile to her father and to me. After listening to your program, I feel compelled to homeschool again, but she has told me that if I try, she will be so horrible that I will have to put her back in school. I am at the end of my rope with constantly punishing her behavior and am afraid to homeschool her again because she will make her home an unhealthy learning environment for the other children. What can I do to change this dynamic and bring my children back home? Well, Teresa, um, you are, you haven't given a reason for putting them in, for stopping homeschooling them, but, um, in a, I mean, you, you've caused, I have to say you've caused this. I can't say that hundred percent. I don't know why you put them in school when you went overseas, uh, particularly in military school. Um, I don't know what the decision was, but to me, it was a decision to ruin your children. I don't understand it. Um, I would want you to call in or send another email and explain the situation because it's, it's it's almost a deliberate um, path to ruin your children, and so um, I would stop punishing her, um, and I would I would speak to her personally and say, "Sweetheart, you were a beautiful child, and you still are, but." Um, you have turned into someone that we don't know anymore. And you're very unhappy. And the reason I want to homeschool you again is because um, military school or whatever the other schooling we've given you has turned you into a little monster. You don't love, you don't respect your home, your parents, your siblings. Uh, you threaten us. If we homeschool you again, you're going to be miserable um you you are refusing your home you're refusing your parents you're refusing the home and the upbringing god gave you you need to have that talk with her and um if she uh but you cannot let her act out like that at 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 uh, at home so right now you said after listening if i try she will be so horrible i'll have to put her back in school um, <clears throat> I would say to her, if you are so sure that you are mature enough and old enough and that we should allow you in public school, you're going to have to show us by how you act at home. Because when you ho- we were homeschooling, you, you were a beautiful little girl. You've turned into a disrespectful um, uh unattractive young lady and if you're so sure that this is better for you than homeschooling you're going to have to show that to us you're going to have to show us that your being out in public school uh, makes you a better person if you reject the Catholic faith that's going to be your choice 
to reject cod is your choice. But as long as you are home with us, sweetheart, you will go to Sunday Mass with us. You will respect your mother and father. And if you cannot, then you have shown us that you cannot handle public school because you are miserable at home and you are disrespectful and you threaten and it's it can't happen. So if you want to stay in public school, show us that that is truly going to make you a more perfect, a more loving, a more respectful person. And let her show that to you. Let her show that to you. But under no means let her threaten you or act so that you regret her being at home. Don't let that happen. Um, Whoever is disrespectful in your home... Uh, They need to be put into a juvenile detention center. If you cannot control them, something has to happen. Take her to a psychologist. There might be medication that could help. I don't know the root of all this, except that you took her out of homeschooling and put her in foreign, secular, military schools. So, Teresa, I can't go further with this, but give a call in or write a, a more complete email if we could help you further. Beloved, we'll be right back after this break. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Users of iCatholic Radio are leaving inspiring reviews in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Emilia says, iCatholic Radio is the only radio station I listen to. It's my constant companion whether I'm in my car or walking. It's a good way to learn and to deepen my understanding about my faith. It's a source of reliable information of which we badly need in our culture. I encourage everyone to listen and support iCatholic Radio as a gateway to heaven. Another reviewer writes, at last, a radio station worth listening to. Thank you, I love it. And Deepak writes, a Catholic media treasure troll, spiritually uplifting and fun. One reviewer says, love it, love it. I'm learning so much about the Catholic faith, it makes me seriously consider conversion. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our page at the iTunes or Google Play Store. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. And this is our uh, last portion of the program for today. We've got a good 15 plus minutes. So I invite you to call in with anything on your heart. 1-877-511-5483. I almost messed that up. 1-877-511-5483. Or email at mother at uh, the station of the cross.com. Okay. Um, we have someone on the line calling in anonymously. Are you there, dear one? Yes, I am, Mother. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, did you call well, in yesterday and I asked you to call back again today? It was the end of the program? Yes. I thought so. Yes, I thought so. Go ahead with your question. Uh, okay, well, I'm, I'm a homeschool mom. Uh, I have an infant and, and a couple other children up through high school. Wow, beautiful. Um, Oh, thank you, Mother. I've been um, faced with a very serious problem in my community, and I'm not sure how to balance the two things um, with regards to how to balance them. It's hard to explain. Um, What are the two things you need to balance? um, Homeschooling, being a wife and mother, and... Uh, battling, um, how do I put this, Rainbow Mafia perverting the minds of children in my community here. LifeSite News has covered my story for, you know, since 2017. Wow. Uh, it's, it's been very heart-wrenching, and just last night I learned that my GOP officials have decided to fund more money for this depraved mm-hmm. uh, events, uh, very controversial events to quote them. So I'm very distressed because to to really put it very sadly, my Catholic community here, my Catholic leaders, and I could cry over this, has chosen to support the First Amendment freedom of speech over the safety of children. So I can't lean on any Catholic men in this community because they've already risen up to support. Absolutely. The absolutely tragic. Um, how is it directly affecting your family? at the moment? Well, it's not, I mean, it directly affects me because it's my tax dollars being used for... Because it's your, your, I understand that. And how about Mm -hmm. how it might be affecting your family directly? Well, my involvement, I guess, of trying to be the person to try to stop it, but in any other way, no. Um, Okay, that's what I want to... Do you have a a husband at home? Yes. Yes, all I right. Do. And and where been, is he with all this? He's been supportive. Only he's supportive, supportive, but he's not in the fight with you. No, that's right. Uh, does he disagree, he, or he's just not a fighter? He he agrees with me. He just doesn't think he thinks it's a waste of time because the culture's already pretty much, you know, okay, unsavable and that, and that you know it's like. Does he think you should, I'm going to cut you off a little bit, sweetheart, because I, I know you could go on with this abominable situation forever, but, um, uh, does your husband, um, is he supportive of your fighting it? I'm not asking that now I know he agrees, but he's kind of, it's, it's the way it is. So, so to speak. Does he support your doing this? Your protesting, your fighting it, the way you're doing it. Yes, he does. Okay. Now, when you married your husband, 
um, what did you understand was your vocation? Uh, to, to be a wife, <laughs> to, to just, you know, to, Number to one, be a good wife. To, to be a good wife, and then secondly, to be a good mother, right? Um, yeah. And do you believe that's the vocation God gave you, yes? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Do you think in this evil world that God has brought another vocation to you so that your your motherhood and your wifehood are compromised? At times, well, I get so passionate about... I know that. I understand. That. I hear it. I hear it, and I love you for it. <laughs> but But do you believe God has brought this... Uh, situation to your attention in your life and you feel this passion about it so that your vocation as a wife and mother would be compromised well i don't think god would do that i don't think he'd want me to compromise my first vocation to my husband and my children and but i was thinking that and that's why i was calling you because i i thought maybe i was justifying my act my outside activities a little too much well, I think so, because you're talking about how to balance, and you can only balance what God has given you. Mm-hmm. If you add to the vocation God has given you, then you are failing that vocation, and that's what the enemy would want you to do. If God, if you're sure that God has brought this to you, I know how you feel about it, and you're right, but it's the enemy's tactic also to have us function on our emotions. If God has brought you the vocation of wife and motherhood, if you need to balance that with anything else, and you're not sure God has brought you that other thing to do, then you're abandoning your vocation in that measure. So how can I be sure then if God brought it to me? I don't know how to be sure of that. How were you sure to marry this man? How were you sure that God called you to be a wife and a mother? In hindsight, I can say it, but at the moment, I wasn't. I okay. didn't know. But, I just went of with course. it. Got it. And that's how I became a religious. We, we learn more in hindsight. But you were at peace, and you felt this is right before God. This is what's... You know, you didn't do anything that caused you stress or that would upset your life by it, right? You you went for it. This is upsetting your, your life. And if you didn't need to balance for some reason, if it worked, for example, if you didn't have uh, a young child, if your children were older, you can go at it full time or as much as you want. But at this point... God did not give you a family to balance things. He gave you a vocation to be a wife and mother and to protect your children from the evil around you. He didn't make you a politician. He didn't make you a vocation to combat uh, the evil. The way we combat evil in this world is not that we don't do anything, but by doing good. We light a candle in the darkness and we do good. Um, uh, and so my, my, now you say LifeSide has covered this situation, so I, I certainly 
don't know more than what you're telling me now because I don't know. I do look at LifeSite. I, I get a subscription. I read it every day. I love LifeSite. I'm on LifeSite. But I, I don't know, again, I'm not asking you who you are and your situation. So um, I would say make your husband your number one and your home and your children and don't bring because if you're fighting this you're going to bring that fight and the tension into your home you're going to be talking about it and your children are going to grow up uh having this evil pulled poured into the home instead of the dinner conversation being um on our lord and and the saints mm-hmm. you see well, it, thank it you will, so much it, it'll affect your whole perfect. family there's no question so how do you fight it you fight it by raising your children to be saints. You fight it by putting your husband first in all things. Um, and um, you fight it by your, your voting. You absolutely must vote for people. That's our religious responsibility. Um, you can you sign petitions, you know, as they're sent to you, uh, that kind of thing. But... Don't make your home a battleground by what you're bringing into it. Thank you, Mother. Okay. When they get older, God leads you. You could probably do more, but I would not have that conversation go. How young is your youngest one? Two months. No way. Bring none of that into the home. Absolutely none. Raise your home as if you're living in the middle of... Kansas or someplace where there's only morality, they're young, where there's only God. It's what happens when, when mothers homeschool. Uh, children, uh, uh, the, the mothers are afraid if I homeschool my children, they won't be socialized. Well, that's a good thing in this world. They won't be unbalanced. They just won't be uh, affected by the evil of this world to, to that degree. Thank you, Mother. God bless uh, you. You too, sweetheart. Okay, let me just see now. What do we have? Um, we have a um, an email uh, on Facebook from Michael. Um, oh, dear. I keep getting little pop-ups here. I'm so sorry. Okay, hold on now. I'm going to read it. Michael says, I have listened to a few of your shows. It is clear that we are undergoing a truly terrible time in the church and the world. The storm is gathering. No doubt a time of persecution is brewing. I am British. I live in Portugal. I think I, I, think I answered this yesterday, but I'll, I'll go through it again. I am British. I, lived in Por- I live in Portugal. I moved here to be closer to Fatima, the, the Tridentine Mass, and my roots, my father is Portuguese. Here in Portugal, the whole LGBTQ demonic movement does not seem as big as everywhere else, especially in my native Britain. Nevertheless, we are seeing that it is slowly encroaching here in the large cities. Hold on now. My screen just... Hold on a second. Um, Okay. I hold on, Michael says, I hold on to the hope in Our Lady's promise that, quote, in Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, end quote. My parents are lapsed, but my sister has returned to the traditional faith. However, her husband is lapsed. My sister wants to homeschool her children. I'm willing to actively help her. 
Their first child is due any day now. Her husband supports her in this because he does not want his children taught homosexuality in school. They will be joining us in Portugal soon. I also believe that we who wish to keep our faith must try to detach from the world as much as possible. We are planning to homestead and grow as much of our food as possible. Do you have any further suggestions or tips for us? He or she says, I am single. I pray the traditional Benedictine office, uh, except matins and the whole rosary every day. This has been the bedrock of my prayer spiritual life for years now. I would appreciate your thoughts and suggestions. I sometimes think that things will get so bad for the faithful, faithful Orthodox Catholics that we may have to live a lifestyle similar to the Amish without the heresies, of course. Thank you for taking the time to read my email. Thank you for being faithful, a faithful witness by wearing a real habit. May Jesus, Mary, and Joseph bless you and be with you always. Well, there's an awful lot there. Um, it looks like you're a single mom um, and um, that you're going to homeschool your baby, which is terrific, and you're going to be in Portugal with a... Um, a very a Catholic, supportive family. It, it seems absolutely wonderful. Um, I don't remember in this long email if uh, if there was anyone. Oh, you say, uh, my parents are lapsed. My sister's returned to the traditional. Her husband is lapsed. Um, uh, so you've, you've brought in so much here. But... Um, um, so your sister's husband, your brother-in-law is lapsed Catholic. Make sure that you help your sister know that her priority is not her children, but her husband. And if not, her faith will further separate them. Her husband needs to know that he's number one in her life because it's the only way he'll be number one in the children's life. So it's very, very important that um, that your sister... Um, be helped to be a saint, to be a true Catholic who will respect and love her quote-unquote lapsed husband. Uh, women, you've got to put your husbands first, and that will draw them back to the faith. And your husbands need to know, or your wives need to know, that if they never become Catholic, you will not love them less, and if they become Catholic, you won't love them more. That you love them perfectly today because God has brought them to you. So it's very, very important. Okay, live your faith um, with all you've got, Michael, and help your, your sister to do that too. God bless all of you, and we'll speak with you in the morning.